Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 135 of Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the tarot-wielding, deep-soul-diving creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadeboe.com or back on the description page for this episode at Blog Talk Radio. And how excited are you about Halloween? It's almost here. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I actually have developed um, some traditions around Halloween and Samhain to where I kind of split them in half, and I celebrate Halloween, well, it'll be this Saturday, and then Samhain the following day on November 1st which is uh, Sunday this year, and I like to do, and um, this year I'm kind of making a big deal about it, but what's funny is I don't think from the outside looking in, people are going to get what I'm doing, because it's so much about myself, like lots of little personal symbolisms and messages to myself, but I'm going to follow the Lori Cabot tradition on Halloween and dress up as what I want to manifest in 2016, so like thinking way ahead, and then we'll, you know, the clock will strike midnight, and then we're going to move into Samhain, and then I'm going to kick off some shadow work to release what doesn't serve that particular vision. So I love how those two things work together. The shadow work that is so famous for witches at this time, we love to dive into the shadow work, kind of combined with that Lori Cabot idea that, she does it because she sees Samhain as the witch's new year, but I personally see it as the beginning of the dark period, really. This stretch of time where we go into the shadows and we go into the dark. And because I like to work from a psycho-spiritual perspective, I see that as a, you know, a cue from nature to do some shadow work. So if you want to do that um, with me or do it my way or just explore like a new way to think about shadow work, the winter transition module is up for sale on my website and also at um, www.psychospiritualoftheyear.com. And um, there's lots of shadow work in that an interesting little funeral situation and recipe for bone broth. If you're a vegan, there's a recipe for like a a bone building potion tonic, so you don't have to be messing with any bones if that upsets you. And then I also have to mention again, because I really want people to get this because I'm actually not going to make any exceptions. (laughs) This is the last time... You can buy the entire Wheel of the Year as a whole and get that $100 discount. This module, as long as it's up, you can buy the whole year in a day. But next year at this time, I'm going to be taking the wheel offline. So you can still, you'll be able to do it module by module by module all year long. But if you want the discount, this is your last hoorah. (laughs) 
And before we get into today's subject, too, I have to mention two people that left me reviews on iTunes because I am suddenly feeling the importance of this on a whole new level as all of these big, famous celebrities are moving into the podcast world. I feel like every time I look on Twitter or look at the news, there's a new celebrity with a podcast. And some of them I adore, Elizabeth Gilbert, Sophie Amoroso of uh, Nasty Gal and now Girl Boss fame. She just lost, launched a podcast, and her first guest was Charlize Theron. And it was an amazing conversation. <laughs> I do not begrudge them for being famous. Lena Dunham is getting in on the action. Vogue just started a podcast, and the first two guests were Andre Leontali and Lee Daniels. So big, big names are are moving into the realm of podcasting. And I'm like, wow, I wonder what that's going to do for us little guys. Like just us, us people doing it in our like boxer shorts from our living room, <laughs> calling in on our telephones. Um, so I'm extremely appreciative for those ratings because they help me I'll never be able to compete, let's face it, with Charlize Theron, Lena Dunham, (laughs) and that ilk. Um, We'll never say never, but, you know, I mean, it helps. It helps me when you leave me, when you go out of your way. I so appreciate it when you leave me a rating because it helps me in the rankings. It helps more people find the show. So thank you so much to Shag. Fantastic! I love that name. <laughs> Shagtastic. There are two more, two new reviews in October, so I'll quickly read them to you. Shagtastic, whoever you are, wrote, if I could give more stars, I would. Five stars, yay. I absolutely love this podcast. I basically can't stop binge listening. That made me laugh, and I totally relate because I do that to you. And then the next person, I, I can't say your name. It's E-P-O-S-Z. but they also gave me five stars thank you so much and said great podcast and this is very special to me so i'm very excited to read this one he said i am a 49 year old male who lives in the upper midwest joanna is an early 40s female from los angeles yet almost everything she says resonates with me on a very deep level she's I think this is meant to say intuitive, intelligent, articulate, rambling, yes, (laughs) funny, random, and above all, very authentic. I don't care what spiritual path you're on. Joanna DeVoe has practical, sound, and even sage advice on how to grow, improve, and find your true calling here on planet Earth. My advice is to listen and give her a try. How Nice. And the reason I say that that's very special to me is because I hear from you straight men all the time. (laughs) And I'm just so excited about that because when I started my business, I thought I was just going to be talking to women. And right away, men were writing to me like, hey, you know, we're listening too. Um, So I always just get a kick out of that. It's like, wow, we all have more in common than not really when it gets down to it. So today, let's get on the subject of today. We're talking about Tarot, Tarot 101. This is the last episode in this series that I've been doing all month for October. 
And I'm kicking things off, or I'm sorry, wrapping things up, I should say, um, on Facebook with another Facebook challenge where we're going to be hitting the high points of the Fool's Journey together starting yesterday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this week. It's not too late to participate. If you want to go back and do yesterday's challenge, I'm totally cool with that. Um, And then you can read all the details of how to do that on my Facebook page. I'm just Joanna DeVoe everywhere you go online. So I'm easy to find that way. It's just a fun way to wrap things up and give away some free coaching and prizes. I'm giving away um, an Oracle deck, so that'll be fun. As for today's topic, the suit of pentacles is what we are talking about, or the suit of coins, if you prefer. And the suit of pentacles, I'm going to say pentacles because that's how my brain works and that's how I think of it. The suit of pentacles stand for the manifest world, the world of what is tangible, the dirt and blood and bones and grit of here and now. But it also represents the blood, sweat, and tears that go into creating something in the manifest world. So even though I tend to associate the application of will and active energy to the suit of wands, which I talked about last week, there is also a sense of action in the suit of pentacles as well because It doesn't just sit there like a brick. It's not stagnant. There is a movement to it, especially in cards like maybe the seven, which hopefully I'll have enough time to maybe talk about some of the cards this. (laughs) We'll see. Um, So the suit of pentacles, and really it's, in my opinion, the pentacles in general, just that symbol. I love that box. If you saw my Facebook post announcing the show today, there's a wooden box that I have that has a pentacle carved into the top of it. Oh, I just love it so much. It's made of wood and you can really see the wood grain. And then the I chose the ace of pentacles to put with it and some coins and rocks. Um, but the deck that I featured today, just that one card, I should show you the rest of the deck because it's really cool. It's from the Masonic Tarot, which they don't even make anymore, and it is French, and it's very rich with symbolism. Very, very cool, and I think it's neat to go look at that Ace of Pentacles because you can see they've combined the coins and the pentacles into the imagery and all kinds of neat little symbols and stuff. I really get off on that deck. I, I'm very precious with it. I don't read with it because it is a collector's item and it was expensive, but I can take a picture of it for the internet. <laughs> so the suit of pentacles is in essence, you know, there's a lot of wiggle room. There's a lot of interpretations. I'm just sharing with you mine It is spirit made manifest. And as such, it is the slowest vibration in the tarot, in a deck of tarot cards. Some would say it's the lowest, but low here does not mean of less value or down the line of hierarchy from things that are of higher vibration. It simply means it is material, in the flesh, in the wood, in the rock, in the coin, And as far as I know, the suit was originally called the suit of coins. And you will see even 
even in decks that refer to them as pinnacles, you'll often see coins depicted on the cards. So this may be a really good suit to explore for those of us in the spiritual new agey community. It might be a good suit for us to spend some dedica dedicated time with and getting to know because so many of us struggle with money and the material plane in general, like actually getting down into our bodies and being present to what is. We're often more comfortable tucked like safely up inside our minds or our emotions. <laughs> That's our safety zone. That can happen if you've experienced abuse in the past or if you're just a soul who came here. I think of my son a lot when I think of this. Um, a lot of people with autism, like my son, they don't really feel their bodies. So when they're little, they can tend to like throw themselves around or you just see them like like spaced out like, I'm not here, I'm on another planet right now. Um, so what was interesting to me when he was little, they didn't know anything about autism back then. I've really just seen the whole trajectory of this story from what is autism to like, ah, we have all these ideas of where it comes from and how to treat it. But one of the things they did was they would put weights on his ankles sometimes. They did that without my permission, and I was really pissed when he came home off the bus once with ankle weights around when he was little made me very angry <laughs> but um not the not the idea of it but that they didn't ask me and that they forgot to take them off and he's like riding the bus with ankle weights on um, but anyway they would brush his arm and he loved that and that seemed to really help there was like this little rubber brush that they would brush his arm with and it would just like bring him in to his body um so some of us just aren't all the way like in our bodies, whether it's because of some trauma we've experienced or because maybe we have some condition like autism, Asperger's, something like that, or you might just say, I'm just an empath or I'm not of this world. I don't know what it is for you, but um, focusing on grounding is really important. If you eat a raw food diet, I say this all the time, you can really spin out and get spacey, spacey, woo-woo in a way that starts to feel very uncomfortable. And if you're committed to a diet like that, I suggest finding ways to ground yourself and get down into your body. Because for me, I experienced that when I was on a raw food diet. I felt like, woo, like way too charged up. And I'm already such an airy-fairy Libra, queen of swords type of person. <laughs> that was a terrible diet for me. And it was like, I mean, I was just floating like all the time it was very a strange sensation so I guess when I think of the pentacles I think of that for those of us that are and I know I'm saying this to you because I know so many of you are like this you're a head case <laughs> you're very intellectual or you like to escape up into your mind or you're very emotional other people's emotions can kind of like push you around you know like you're lost at sea um you know, but that can really lead to big problems in the manifest reality, you know, where you're like constantly getting evicted from your apartment or you can't hold a job down or you can't maintain a relationship or people accuse you of living in a fantasy world, um, which means, you know, this life can feel like a struggle. And um, 
I happen to believe that we're here to work with this lower vibration and to play in this 3D reality. We're meant to be here because we're here. And I personally think it's a huge privilege. You know, you have eternity to flit about like an angel, I think. (laughs) I assume. I hope. Um, But here, right here now, this is where your soul has landed. And I happen to think that that's for good reason. I have to think that it is. I choose to think that it is. So when dealing with the subject of coins and figuring out how to navigate this material plane, I've actually found it helpful to think of it as a game or a puzzle that way, which is appropriate to the tarot because, I, like I said, however many episodes ago, it really – um, is it's believed that the minor arcana, which we're talking about here on the show, I talked about the major arcana in a video, but just on Hippie Witch, we're talking about the minor arcana, which is believed to have come from just straight up playing cards. You know, every suit of playing cards is divided into, I mean, every deck of playing cards, traditional playing cards, is divided into four suits. And a lot of people believe that Tarot started with the trump cards, with the major arcana, and that they later added the minor arcana onto that to make it more interesting, to make it more diverse. I don't know why, but um, that's the story that I've heard, and that makes the most sense to me. Um, Tarot's a bit of a mystery, so it's a lot of theory. It's kind of like when people start theorizing about the Bible. <laughs> the tarot has a lot of mystery around it like that. Um, so taking a cue from that, that the minor arcana came from playing cards, it's really helpful to me as an air sign to think of the suit of pentacles as a game or a puzzle. Um, So that way, if I'm losing or I can't figure it out, I can keep my sense of humor about me and be like, wow, I really suck at this game. (laughs) Or I really need to practice. I need to learn more. I need to develop some skill here. I don't take it all so seriously or start berating myself for being stupid or being a bad person. Like, why can't I figure it out? Some people, Taurus people, we're having this big Taurus full moon tonight. Taurus people tend to, like, my dad is a Taurus, and he's so much a creature of the material plane, and I have baffled him his enti- my entire life. It's like, what is up with this? strange alien daughter that I have. (laughs) Um, But I've also, as I've gotten older, really come to appreciate his Taurus qualities. And it's like, oh, wow, he's building houses. He's making things. He's running. He's such an active, like, in the present moment kind of person. And I've really come to appreciate that. So, um, you know, thinking of it more as like a game or a puzzle I can be I don't have to be as hard on myself. I can be like, okay, yeah, I'm most at home in the suit of swords and cups and I'm getting better all the time and really loving the kick ass energy of the suit of wands and finally like, hey, look at me, I'm even starting to show some progress in the suit of pentacles. <laughs> Damn, it took me long enough. <laughs> And I also want to mention, for those of you who've landed on this episode, um, first, before you've heard the other three that came before that goes with it, that I consider the suit of pen- the uh, all the suits of 
the minor arcana into row, I see them as moving in a particular order in alignment with the way I work with the witch's pyramid. So I see it as air, water, fire, pentacles, and that that represents the flow of the manifestation process. So air is swords, fire is wands, earth is pentacles. And that's how I've been working with the Witch's Pyramid for years, and that is why I ordered the suits for this month and in my life, how I think of it, um, in the order that I did. And that's why I talked about them in the order that I did. So, um, And that's why we're ending with the Pentacles, because the Pentacles is when, this is strictly speaking about magic, or the Law of Attraction, if you like to think of it like that, Conscious co-creation, deliberate manifestation. I'm thinking swords. It starts with an idea. It starts with inspiration. It starts in your mind. Hopefully that sparks a feeling in you. it, It generates some sort of emotion. It gets you to the point where you can dare to move into the wands where you're taking action, where there's an application of will. you got a fire under your ass to make this happen. So the witch's pyramid is to know, to dare, to will, and then it ends with to be silent. So after you've done those three things, you move into pentacles, to be silent. And there are a lot of different ways to think of this that I, that is helpful, but maybe you just think of a stone, like a big rock sitting there silently it's manifest you can put your arms around it you can sit on it (laughs) you can lean against it you can touch it and feel it and maybe you can smell it it's here and now and for me that symbolism really ties into this idea of to be silent but I also really originally um, had the idea when I first heard to be silent I know that that was originally meant to mean oath-bound. Don't tell anybody you're a witch. Don't tell anybody that you practice magic lest they somehow influence your magic or cause you to doubt yourself. I think there's value in that just for that point. You don't want, if you think somebody's going to get into your head with your power of belief, and that is a very special power, believing is power, um, don't tell them about it. So I'm not saying oath-bound is a bad thing. I'm just saying I think of to be silent in a different way, and it's more like a meditation. It's getting into a place of allowing and receiving. So if you think of yourself just sitting in a meditative position, you are demonstrating to be silent, and that's a very important part of the manifestation process. So that is why I think of the Witch's Pyramid that way and why, for me, it ties into the manifestation process culminating with the suit of pentacles when you're reading Tarot. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. (laughs) Um, And we have a few minutes, so what I'd love to do is talk about um, a few cards and kind of revisit what I was talking about last week because I got cut off and when I start hearing the countdown, I start kind of panicking and making less and less sense when she's like 90 seconds, 30 seconds. I'm like, ah, she's going to cut me off. She, this robot voice that tells me when I'm running out of time. (laughs) Um, 
so I was talking about if you look, I think the suit of wands is really great for this. All the suits are, though. So talking about it, um, let's say with the suit of pentacles, if you lay out the suit of pentacles and you just check it out in order, there's a movement between the odd and even numbers. So that's what I was talking about last week with the suit of wands. You can revisit that if you want to hear the whole concept about it. But basically, um, even numbers are more uh, static. Is that the word I want to say? They can be very stagnant. They're more solid. It's a place of, it could be a place of manifestation. It could be a place of accomplishment. And then the odd numbers, is there. there's movement with, you know, because if you, I used to the, um, example of a bouquet of balloons, you know, and how four balloons is just super, super even Steven, and then you put a fifth balloon in, and all of a sudden your eye moves. It has to move up to accommodate that fifth balloon, and it creates a kind of movement that's actually very pleasing. (laughs) So if you start, every suit starts with the ace, and the ace really kind of represents the essence of that suit. So the Ace of Pentacles can be seen as a fortuitous card. It can signify the start of something wonderful. It can be a very good sign to pick the Ace of Pentacles. Um, It could be the start of a grounded, beautiful experience here on the material plane, be it a cherished relationship, perhaps, or a new home, or a career, something like that. I always love to pull the nine of pentacles. If you've listened to me for very long or you've been on my Facebook page for quite a while, you know I'm like, love this card. I always say like, yay, a nine of pentacles day is a very good day. (laughs) Um, And that's usually depicted by a woman in a garden. She has manifested, you know, the fruits of her labor are showing up all around her. It's a beautiful garden. And I've just always found that um, I typically pull a card a day. I don't do elaborate spreads unless it's for a holiday or something that's troubling me that I really want some answers to, but my daily practice is just to pull a card a a day. So that's why I say, like, oh, a nine of pentacles day is a very good day, and so far that has never steered me wrong. (laughs) I always have a good day um, when I pull the nine of pentacles. And it's because, in my opinion, the Nine of Pentacles means wholeness without stagnation. A cycle has been completed, but because of those odd numbers, three times three equals nine, there is movement without the stagnation that we often associate with some of the even-numbered cards. Although I will say the Ten of Pentacles is not about stagnation either. It's, It's... a very good card. It's a great card to pull. And it's more about being happily contained or committed to your family or your office, your career, your family, your maybe a marriage it could signify. Um, and it's about enjoying the material plane. So if you remember a few episodes back, I was saying that the feminine suits, as they culminate from the ace to the ten they tend to culminate positively. So that would be the suit of pentacles and the suit of cups, whereas the reverse is true for the masculine masculine suits of wands and 
swords. <laughs> um, so those culminate from the ace to the ten often in a negative way, you know, because you get too much up in your head. You get too emotional about things. So um, the messages toward the end of those suits start to get a little bit hairy. But the reverse is true of the pentacles. So that is why even though ten is an even number, it's not a bad thing. It's You're content here on the material plane. But then if you travel back more toward the beginning of the suit, if you travel back to the fours, for example, to the four of pentacles, you have a seated man of obvious success hugging a coin tight to his chest, balancing a coin on top of his head, and then pressing a coin and then pressing a coin with each foot to the ground. So he's not trusting. He's not in the flow. (laughs) Maybe he's a beginner manifester. I don't know. He might be a hoarder or a miser or even held captive by his acquired worldly possessions. And then what's interesting and slightly terrifying, depending on how you look at it, (laughs) that energy breaks loose and starts to move with the five, with the odd number, the the five of pentacles, but not perhaps in a way that one would hope, as the five is about loss, even poverty, ailment, and need for help, in which maybe carrying over some of that energy of the stubborn grasping for the temptation to be too proud to ask for help or seek shelter will be your doom. So if you pull a five of pentacles, ask for help. Turn to the shelter. (laughs) Let people help you. Um, And then, you know, hopefully you will arrive at a number that contains both the odd and the even. The six. The three and the two. Um, Three times two equals six. And that is where the philanthropist lives. That is where the philanthropist lives. It may be that you finally learned or about to learn the joy in giving or that you will be the recipient of that energy. And that is very good news. So I hope I, again, further demonstrated this idea of moving from the odds to the even. Nothing that I said is true here today. Nothing that I said are the rules of Tarot. This is how I work with the Tarot. These are concepts to help you learn the Tarot, maybe think of it in a new way. Nothing more. If you'd like to join us for the PsychospiritualWheelOfTheYear.com, again, www.PsychospiritualWheelOfTheYear.com, and I hope to see you on Facebook for this awesome Facebook challenge, The Fool's Journey. Maybe you will win a free 60-minute coaching call with a real-life KCAS witch. That's me. Until we meet again, have a very happy Halloween and a sacred Samhain. Much love. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.